Get yourself some sandbags or some weight vests or some cool fitness apparel at freedomstrength.us. Go to freedomstrength.us. When you make your purchase, use the discount code SMN10 to receive your discount. Hey, everybody, the Vintage Strength Games are coming to Clayton, North Carolina on June 2nd to the 4th. June 2nd to the 4th, go to VintageStrengthGames.com for more information and to sign up. Also, make sure you go on Facebook and you join the Vintage Strength Games Facebook group. All right, man, I hit record because usually the best part of the podcast happens in the first three minutes, (laughs) and then the rest of it you can just throw away. Right. I don't (laughs) want to miss the good stuff. That's right. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I got Dan Mason back on again. You were on not that long ago. Right. And and we were like, hey, man, let's do another one. Um, I know you got a lot of cool stuff going on, and you're going to tell us about it. Um, But let me ask this Real serious question. How how do you maintain order throughout all the chaos? You just keep moving, baby. You just got to keep moving. All right. What happens when you're moving? You're uh, you're you're creating your own your own kind of order. Yeah, you're creating your own order. You're creating your own momentum. Um, I feel like I mean, you're, you're a firefighter, so you probably get this too. But like when you're in a high stress situation, people are always like, oh, it's fight or flight. But honestly, most of the time it's freeze. Yes. Uh, for, for most people, most people just freeze. And I saw it when I worked in law enforcement. Um, you see it in life when like everybody's got tons of things going on that are, that are making life a little, little more difficult. They just freeze and go, oh, I don't even know what to do. Uh, almost no one fights or flights. And yeah, and people will freeze and then do nothing. Yep, and then so, you're stuck in your situation forever, right? Um, so yeah, I'm I'm either fighting or flying, and usually it's fighting because I'm just stubborn. But <laughs> so how how do you do that? What's the what's the um, the thing a person can do when they realize that they're that they're not that they're frozen and they're like oh, right. and they they realize that they go wait a minute I'm just not doing anything. So what do you recommend is a way to break out of that? Um, my big thing, and I've I've followed Andy Frisella for a long, long time, uh, probably about 10 years ago when I started listening to his stuff. And uh, he's real big on um, not like to-do lists, but like every day I come up with like three to five things where it's like these are the three to five things that need to happen, not just to like get things done on my, my list, but to progress my life to the next position. Um, and if you're not doing those, like, so even if you have a shitty day, you can still get three things done, right? Um, and at the end of the day, sometimes, you know, my my wife will be like, oh, how was your day? And maybe it was a real shitty day. And I was like, I mean, it was shitty, but I got, got my shit done. And you just get enough days in a row where you consistently get the shit done that needs to happen to move. And you'll be real surprised in a couple months where you're at. Yeah. Do you think guys are kind of all right with that. I don't, I don't want to always speak for women because sometimes women are different, but like, it seems like guys 
can have shitty day after shitty day, but it, if they get something done, they they almost seem like they're fine, right? Yeah, and I mean, I, I feel like it, it's crazy to think that women and men handle things the same. Um, dudes are definitely more naturally apt to be able to compartmentalize, and I think that's super helpful with things like this. Um, but then we'll miss the picture. Uh, at least this is how it is with me and my wife. Like, I'll be able to compartmentalize and just get shit done, but then I might miss some of, like, the emotional relational things that needed to happen to make things better in whatever part of life that I'm at. Whereas, like, she's way more in tune with that stuff. So, I mean, I feel like that's, you know, especially traditionally kind of how things were, and you kind of need both for shit to work well. I, I'm, cussing, yeah. I'm cussing a lot. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> You're doing the best you can. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> uh, you, it could be worse. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. Yes, and sometimes your wife will get a little kind of ticked off with you because you're like a robot, right? You're right. a machine. Yep. And she wants some of that, like, tenderness or whatever, and it's like, I ain't got no time for – I ain't got time to I got stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. No, so my list is typically um, – I have some, like, fitness goal things. So I'm, I'm doing two workouts a day right now. Four days a week is some kind of lifting, but then the rest of it, it's just walking, right? Like, I'm just getting 45-minute walk in and then some kind of workout in. Um, and days where it's not lifting, I end up getting two walks in uh, just because I'm trying to get the body weight down a little bit. You got vintage strength gains coming up. I want to be more like 260 than 280. just feel like that would make my life a lot easier at that. Oh, wow. Um, so wait a minute. You're calculating lowering your weight to compete in the vintage strength games? Why? Um, just because my cardio, my general conditioning gets a ton better when I'm under 270. Okay. And if you're talking like a five-minute or a 10-minute long cycle type, type thing, I'm not quite sure how the weights work on stuff, um, but I know I'm going to be able to maintain like a, a consistent pace longer with my lungs going better because yeah, for me I, it, it's probably going to be my lungs working more than my shoulders especially if it's a lighter weight it it really is when i did a five minute run when i went to the vintage strength games and i'm thinking five minutes is nothing it's nothing but it's really your it's almost like a sprint right right and and I was gassed, man my lungs were burning like you know <laughs> when you go running in the winter time Yep. And you haven't been out in a while, and you come back, and your lungs are, like, on fire. Like, ah, oh, this is going to make me sick. I literally have burning lungs. I could not believe right. what's really going on. I think that's the most surprising thing that people encounter when they enter that competition. Dude, I, I totally see it coming because, I mean, for me, it's, like, I'm doing, like, sets of 12 each side or something. But that's maybe, what, like, a minute, 45 seconds, something like that. Um, but I imagine as I push the – time domain further it's going to start being more conditioning um and i saw a lot when i start when you do kettlebell swings and stuff like that you do a set of 25 swings that's not even that long and you're smoked like it's it's a lung thing for me it's not a muscle thing when i do that yeah yeah it, i guess like 25 swings will take you 50 seconds right yep <laughs> so just imagine you got another four minutes and 10 seconds to go mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah it's, and I remember the halfway thing. mark, two and a half minutes in, I was, um, I was like wishing it was over, kind of like not really, right. but in a way, I was like, oh, I realized 
I was like, I'm not prepared the way I thought I was. It's just not what you were expecting it to be before you started. Yeah. yeah. And then that shattered my illusions. And then it kind of demoralized me. Right. And here and here I am thinking it's going to be fine. And then there's like a 10-minute heat. And yeah, I'm like, I'm not signing up for that. <laughs> are you kidding me? I mean, obviously, you're going to have to lower the weight and, and right. piece yourself differently. But... um. The five minute is more doable, but it, it's vicious because if you're up it's against some competition, tough. you see they're starting to crank out the reps. You're mm -hmm. like, oh man, I got, you know, they start picking up their pace, right? Just like in yep. a foot race. Yep. It is so fun. It's, there's so much strategy involved. Yeah. I'm looking forward to doing, I'm definitely going to look at it more as a assessment to see where I'm at rather than like, I'm trying to beat everybody. Yeah. Because that's what I'm telling myself, but I'll probably <laughs> get there and want to beat everybody just because that's how it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my my five things are like I have two workouts every day, and then I have um, programming. So either for my people that I program for week by week, um, or building out more programs on the app and stuff. So I need to spend like an hour doing that, um, and then I have um, like X number of grams of protein. And then my fifth thing is always like at least an hour in the evening where I'm like hanging out with the missus and we're getting like some hanging out time, whether it's just sitting on the couch or talking or going out for drinks or whatever. So that's in my like five things to get shit done every day. That's pretty much my list every day. Oh, okay. Um, and sometimes really? it might, sometimes it might change a little bit. Like I might have like a business call on for something and then I'll, you know, just have six things that day. But what was this podcast on your list for today? It, it was. Yeah. Yeah, I made the list. You made the list because, I mean, this is, you know, you get to talk to my people, my Steel Mace people. And, right. uh, you know, it's always fun to, to hop on and, and get some word out there and get some more uh, um, content for you building out and then uh, some more stuff that I can post about and kind of get the word spread a little. Yeah, make that community stronger. Yeah. So what's the app you have? You say you have an app? Uh, yeah, so it's in my Instagram, uh, strongman underscore Dan's my Instagram. And then uh, if you click in the link, it's a big link tree and it goes to my the mobile browsing page and you can download an app there. Um, I have template programming, 30 bucks a month. And then uh, if you do custom programming with me, we use that app as well. Um, and I just put out in preparation for this podcast, I've been working in, in my own personal training that I've been doing for myself. Um, it's been kind of some Mason club work some kettlebell work and then kind of a more bodybuilding focused thing as I'm working through some injuries right now. So I just haven't been training heavy. Um, and I really like just how I'm feeling. Like I'm still 280, but I'm like a leaner 280 than I was before I started messing with this. So it's kind of hitting, um, you know, some fun, uh, fun spots. And I've been using some concepts from it with some of my clients in house here as well. And I was like, man, I just need to put it on paper and drop it in the app. So it's uh, jacked and swinging is that that program. Oh, nice. <laughs> I got to check that out. Yeah, so that's kind of like my cool. my favorite, you know, type of training is kind of how you just described it. I like doing bodybuilding stuff because, of, you know, it helps build muscle the best. It's like the best right. way. But um, I like, yeah, I like doing the other stuff so I could fill in the gaps and the leaks that do you want to turn your pain into power? Then look no further than sleepymonkeytrainingacademy.com. Go to sleepymonkeytrainingacademy.com for meditation, mobility, 
and mace. Sleepy Monkey is a movement art that brings strength and balance to the body and mind. Located in Pennsylvania, right outside of Philadelphia. If you're in uh, New Jersey, you're in that portion of um, Pennsylvania, you're close enough that you could go visit. But start off by going to Sleepy Training Acad Sleepy Monkey Training Academy.com and check it out. Uh, there's shirts you could buy, and uh, you could send a message to Andrew over there, who is the owner, and you could, uh, you know, talk with him and see if his fitness system is right for you. His fitness system is unique. He has a certain way of practicing. Like I said, there's meditation and uh, he he handles people doing massages and things like that, but he also trains mace and other things like that. But you got to go to sleepymonkeytrainingacademy.com to get started. All right, guys. Enjoy the podcast. But here's my question to you. Um, sometimes I feel like uh, I want to do – well, put it this way. Sometimes I feel like that I'm I'm overdoing it with the more rugged style training, if you will, and um, beating myself up. And then when I try to do the bodybuilding stuff, my bodybuilding isn't quite as effective because I'm not able to keep time under tension as well. I have to lower the weight. Is there any way you – uh, could you run your own program or anything that you could gauge how to fix that? Or what are some like, you know, fast ways to just kind of understand where you're at so you don't get into that problem? So I'm still a little bit in the experimenting phase on it. I've only been messing with this for probably about eight weeks or so. Um, but things that I've messed with, cause I've been doing it in my garage. I've been doing it at the gym that I am now an owner of, which is cool. Um, and I've been doing it at like a more commercial gym off and on. So when I'm in my garage, I can set everything up. I can run it like a circuit, like we'll swing. I'll hit some dumbbell bench. I'll hit a different swing. Then I'll go hit like whatever. Like I can kind of piece it in like that. Um, kind of almost how the uh, 10,000 swings thing is. Like how it's kind of like a mace thing, a lifty thing, a mace thing, a lifty thing. Like you can do that when you yeah. have all your own space and no one interrupting you. But then when I was going to the commercial gym... I'd bring a mace just to look weird and uh, and and make people come talk to me. Um, it, but I'd get, like, my swing stuff done first. Then I'd go do the bodybuilding stuff separate. Yeah. And then I've done it, too, where it's like I'll hit the bodybuilding stuff first and then finish with the swing stuff. And honestly, they all work. But I feel like you have to be able to choose what you want to focus on. Like, are you wanting to focus on fat loss and conditioning the circuit's awesome, right? But the weights are going to be a lot lower on at least the way I'm programming it on the um, assistance movements, on like the bodybuilding stuff and the weight and the mace stuff. If you're wanting to focus on mace when you're fresh, you just hit the shit out of like swinging clubs and maces um, and you're going to be able to go heavier because you're fresher, but then your bodybuilding movements are going to be pulled down a little bit. I remember I was doing, um, I did about a half hour worth of like swinging with like, rest time to like set up two minutes between sets of like 30 or something like that um and then i went and my bodybuilding stuff for the day was um some overhead press and some lat pull downs so i was doing the overhead press and i'm a good overhead presser like i've strict press over 300 pounds and um i put 185 on there and i was going to do like 
basically like a partitioned 15 rep set. So like three, five, seven with like 10 seconds in between. Um, and I couldn't get the first set done. And then I was like, okay, I'll drop the weight to like 155. I couldn't get 155 done. I dropped the weight to 135 and barely finished it. And I was like, wow, okay. So that much mace work when it's heavy beforehand just smokes your shoulders, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, so then if you want if you want to focus on that, on the mace, then put that stuff first. If you want to get a little more muscle focus, put the bodybuilding first and use the mace as a finisher is kind of what has seemed to work pretty well. Okay. So that's kind of my question would be, is it even really a bad thing to begin with? Like, you know, the fact that you kind of um, pre-exhausted your shoulders like that, because that, that is a bodybuilding technique where you pre-exhaust. Oh, yeah. But my question would, you know, be, well, in your situation, you were lifting considerably less the, the thing that you use the most to make the muscle. So are you truly uh, affecting it in a negative way or is it just another way to skin a cat? I think so. I think it's probably more ideal for how I train and how I like to look body wise. Um, it's probably more ideal to do the lifting part first yeah. and finish with the mace. But it's kind of one of those things where when I'm talking to new clients and they're asking about nutrition stuff and they're asking about all these supplements, and it's like, yeah, they can make a difference, but putting your bodybuilding before your mace, putting your mace before your bodybuilding, it can make a difference, but okay. If it's a 5% difference, is it really worth sweating it? Yeah. Um, right. It, it's kind of that situation. Cause I was able to go heavier on the mace when I put the mace first. Right. So that's more volume on my shoulders with the mace that I wouldn't be getting if I did the bodybuilding first. So honestly, yeah. I think it's personal preference. I think if building size and strength is your focus, you should probably put the non-rotational strength things first. Yeah. Um, if your goal is to get good at mace and club and kettlebell that are very technical in comparison to the barbells, I think it's smart to put it in front because you're like brains fresher, your muscles are fresher. You can focus on what you're doing more. Once you're good at it, I think it really doesn't matter either way. But if you're trying to learn mace and club, I would put that first 100%. Oh, that's good. That's good advice. Yeah, yesterday I did a, a back workout. I did pretty much dumbbell rows, all, all the regular weight training up front, and then I swung a heavy mace for quite a while afterwards. And the thing that I realized was I probably had more in my tank than I thought I had. Um, so it kind of like putting myself through the, the swing session – soaked up that you know that yep. stuff that i left on the table yep yeah i agree that's been my experience as well yeah so it's good i mean you could really uh hit this from multiple angles how it, and and you know the other thing too is like you, you know maybe you're getting uh just bored of your workout in a way you know like you've been training for the past 45 minutes doing the same thing you always been doing right and it's like you're about to walk out the door but it's like yeah let me swing mace and you start for like hey five minutes of, and then it turns to 10 minutes and then yep. and then you end up getting a killer workout dude 100 percent. it's 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 super fun stumbling into like maces and clubs has been like probably the most fun thing i've done in a long time and i've been competing for a long time in barbell sports and and man it's it's a fun switch and i'm super stoked that we actually have competitions to do with this stuff too now so yeah 
Right. That's yeah. important for guys like you who are already into that kind of. Yeah. Thing. I'm too competitive to not have a thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and it makes it exciting. You know, uh, Vintage Strength Games will be in uh, Clayton, North Carolina um, at Woodall's Performance. And it's on June 2nd to 4th. Yep. That sounds right. All right. Well, it's early June. That's works. all I remember. Yeah. I can remember that stuff, but I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. You know what? This is the important stuff here, you know? <laughs> so now you just got involved with a gym. You're an owner of a gym. And I guess this is going to be uh, strictly mace only, right? So not, no, no. But it's going to become a bigger part for sure. So uh, I've been a personal trainer here full-time since August of 2021. But I've been, like, working with these guys off and on for about the last five years, just helping out, doing like strongman seminars, um, you know, doing some programming for people and just, you know, helping out wherever I can. If they have contests or whatever, I'd come and judge or uh, load weights and stuff. So we've just had a good relationship over the years. Um, and they recently had a switch in ownership to where one of the people ended up leaving. Um, and then I, don't, I, I try to, wherever I am, I try to be able, I try to, do as much as I can to help the place grow. Because if I'm working at this gym, even if you're just an employee, um, the more money that gym can make, the more money you're going to make in the long run, even just as an employee, or at least, very least the more job security you're going to have. So I'll always run around, pick up weights, like answer questions for new people. Like, I mean, stuff that's not a big deal, but like a lot of people won't do even when it's, they work there, you know? Um, they're like, oh, that's ownership question. I'm like, well, let me let me text the owner and see what they say, and you know, get your workout and maybe I'll holler at you if they hit me back. You know, just little things like that. So they kind of approached me and said, hey, you know, we'd be interested in bringing you on. Um, you're basically doing all the things we want you to do <laughs> anyway. So just keep doing your things and like let's kind of push to the next level. So, um, so Dan, what you just indicated here is that basically. You're always in a job interview wherever you go. You Dude, just don't know who's looking, but they're watching. And they're looking yeah. for people that are like personable people who will actually interact with other people and maybe, you know, self-starters and stuff. Yeah. Initiative and is next hard thing to you know, teach. you get an offer. Initiative is a hard thing to teach. It's definitely a skill you can learn, um, but it, it's tough learning skills like that. And I don't know. I... I worked a lot in the corporate world before this. I've, I've had some pretty cool, high-paying jobs, and I've gone through a lot of promotions and things. And I'm sure people have heard it before, but, I mean, you're, you're basically going to be doing the job that you're going to get later for free for a while until they're like, oh, man, they already know how to do that. They're already doing this. We have a spot for this. Obviously, we just give that guy the job. Um, I remember I was um, – friends with a guy named John North. Uh, he was a national weightlifting champion, uh, like Olympic lifts. And uh, I was actually just at the Arnold with him and the team uh, this past weekend. And I've known him for years and years and years. And um, I was kind of, they had a power lift. They had an online app where they had like weightlifting and they had powerlifting. And I mean, I'm, I'm very much like if it's people I know and I think they're doing great stuff, like I, I try to buy their product even if I don't use their product just because like I want to support what they're doing. Um, so I, I, I didn't do weightlifting at the time, um, but I was, I 
you know, paying for the app and stuff. And I'm on the Facebook group encouraging people and stuff just because like it's fun. It's a thing to do. Um, and then they started doing some powerlifting. They had a guy that was running it and then he ended up moving on to something else. And they were, they called me and they're like, he's like, dude, do you want to just do this? Like you're already competing at a high level powerlifting. Like, do you want to just coach this? I mean, it's the same thing. Like that's how I got the job because I was already doing it. I was already halfway part of the team anyway. Um, so it just made sense. And I feel like if people approached any work they were in like that, people would get a lot more successful, a lot quicker with a lot less complaining. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, the other thing, too, is if you don't do that, um, you're you're there anyway. And then they're going to bring in people from the outside to take yeah. this new position and they're going to completely overlook you. And you're just going to stay right where you've been the whole time. And then those people are the ones that are super pissed. They're not getting promoted, but it's like, dude, you never showed initiative. You never right. showed me you could do this job. So I'm interviewing people that are doing this job somewhere else already. Like they're, no one's trying to hire someone that doesn't know what they're doing. Right. Right. Especially right. once you're past an entry level job, like they're trying to hire someone that can hit the ground running because then the business can continue to be profitable. Like it just makes sense. So if you're learning how to do that job, even though it's not your job yet, it's just easy. It's just yeah. an easy transition. So now with this uh, current situation, this gym that um, you're involved with now, they, this is what happened. You were just kind of operating around there uh, mm -hmm. as a coach, as a trainer, yep. and they noticed all this. And they knew you were looking to get involved or they just said, hey, let's just ask Dan. Maybe he wants um, to. So before they got the, the partner that ended up leaving, um, I, I kind of said, you know, I'd potentially be interested in this at some point. Um, and they knew me pretty well, but you know, they didn't know me that well, I guess. And, and they ended up, um, getting this person in and then they ended up leaving. And then they're, so it was already in the back of their head. And we talked previously about me thinking about opening like a base specific gym anyway, which for me was cool because it's not a direct competitor. What we do at this gym. Yeah. So I wasn't going to feel bad. Like I was kind of doing someone dirty. Um, and I was going to be on the other side of town. So like I had this whole thing planned out, uh, but now it's looking like we can keep doing what we're doing here. And I've been doing mace stuff. I have a lot of my maces and clubs that just live here. And it's been like that for a while. Uh, so a lot of my clients use it anyway. This podcast is brought to you by addxclub.com. Addxclub.com for adjustable steel mace and adjustable steel club. Have you seen these things? Have you checked them out? Go to addictsclub.com and take a look at what they have. These are state-of-the-art mace technology at its finest, made in the USA. Look at the Addix Arc. It's in between lengths of the clubs and the mace. So the, the club is the shortest, the arc is the next longest, and then the mace is the longest. But most people only train with either clubs or mace, how often do they go with an in-betweener? Technically, a arc is nothing more than a bulva, a short mace. Uh, but we don't call it that because we call it the arc. So go check it out. Check out everything there. And when you place your order, tell Don Fred sent you. Uh, but down the road, we're going to start introducing a little more of that just because it's another stream of income for the gym, too. Um, and then who knows down the road, 
maybe we do end up opening that, but it's more of like a vertical integration, like another stream of income. We have this kind of gym on this side of town. We have this other gym over here. You know, in a couple of years, we might have like a Mace Club focused gym. Um, but in the meantime, we'll use the time here to build the clientele for it. Uh, so we already have an audience that knows it and likes it. And then when we open a spot over there, we at least can hit the ground running a little bit with uh, just being known in the community as the people that do that stuff. So, yeah, that's an interesting concept, like business wise to even think about, like, do we open up? a gym that's specific for Mason and clubs when, you know, it seems like most of us, we like to do a little bit of everything, right? Right. So there really has to be that demand there for it. Yep. Well, and, and I would think of it kind of like in the program I just put out, kind of like bodybuilding and Mason club. I think they complement each other extremely well. Most people like the gym I'm at now it, we have some gen pop people that do a lot of personal training, but then the vast majority of other people are competitive strength athletes that come here at all kinds of levels from beginner to advanced. We have a guy here that's a uh, professional strongman. He's like third in the world as a middleweight, like he's been on ESPN and stuff. Oh, wow. Um, good buddy of mine. Um, and then we have guys like me where I've competed at a really high level for powerlifting and not quite that same level for strongman, but a pretty high level. Uh, we got a number of elite level powerlifters here too, men and women. Um, so it's just, this is definitely like more of a barbell focused gym. Um, and then in my mind, and this is all theory crafting at this point, this is down the road. And I'm sure as things progress, it'll get hashed out a little more, but I would think it makes sense to have almost like a CrossFit model, but using kettlebells, maces, dumbbells, barbells, and kind of staying away from like the Olympic lifts a little bit, right. staying away from some of the gymnastics type movements. Because uh, I love CrossFit, but my only complaint with it is the movements they do have a higher propensity for injury under exhaustion. Whereas like if you're swinging a mace under exhaustion, it, it's just not as big a deal as dropping a 300 pound barbell on yourself, you know? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so that's kind of where I see that. Yeah, and that's and and th this type of configuration, you're saying you would stay away from like Olympic lifts, so it would be uh, steel clubs, steel mace, and yep. then kettlebells. I think a good example too is if you look at you follow the bells and bodybuilding guy. Yes, I think his style of programming would be so applicable to that kind of training, right? Um, and I bought his ebooks and stuff. It's a very cool program. People should definitely check it out. I think it's only like 30 bucks. And he, his version three lets you set up like, he's like, he trains like seven days a week, which I'm going to experiment with that and just yeah. see, but like, I don't know, man. I've been experimenting um, with that too. And it's, it's not going well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he has it set up pretty interesting. It's definitely set up for how I think most dudes do training. So he's got like two upper body bodybuilding days. And yeah. then um, he's got full body kind of circuit days. Um, but it's there's a lot of upper body, which I think for dudes, we're like, hell yeah, let's build some shoulders. Let's look jacked. But I think for women, maybe a lower body focus there would be a little better of a balance. I don't know. I'm not a woman. I've talked to them to figure out what they want. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like his style would work really well in that kind of setting. Um, 
So yeah, yeah. so that would be a like a, a weekly endeavor then. Like uh like if you're really buying into the system, you would be showing up for these workouts because you, you're gonna get your upper body, but you, you somewhere along the way, there's your your lower body, there's your full body. Yep. It's all integrated together. And to- I feel like you could you could run classes like five days a week. Um and, and if people are only getting three days a week, they're probably going to get an upper body, a lower body, and a full body. Um, yeah, I think it would work extremely well. I mean, the CrossFit business model proved that that kind of business model works well. Boot camps have been a business model forever. Yeah, um, popular. I, and I feel like one of the coolest things about kettlebells and maces is that skill acquisition piece. Yeah. Like, people like acquiring new skills. Like, it's a, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, that's why jujitsu is popular, even though it's hard and, and technical and all that stuff, you know, martial arts schools have existed basically for that. Like people want to learn self-defense, but in the end, it's just cool to learn new things. Um, and most people are getting into gym life to try to look better and feel better. Um, and that's kind of, we have a little bit of that niche at this gym, but that's why I feel like they wouldn't even be stealing members from each other, which would be yeah. cool. So what, what's the name of the gym? Uh, it's fearless. We just changed it. Fearless power and strength in Lafayette, Indiana is where we're at now. Fearless power um, and strength and mace. Not yet, but, uh, <laughs> just keep well, getting on. And, and as long as we have the same ownership, we don't even necessarily even have to brand it the same. Right. You know? Yeah. And you, you don't have to actually have mace in the name. It'll just, yeah. that'll just percolate out into the population. People will be like, what do they got? What do they do? Oh, I got to mm-hmm. go check that out. It'll probably actually make it even more uh, interesting to people if it's not overly advertised or anything like that. Well, and for me, I'm, I'm like, I'm like a, <laughs> I'm, I'm a very big vision person. Um, I, I plan on this gym I'm at, we're going to grow. We're going to open that Mace gym. I, I personally plan on pushing it to like a franchise style, almost like a CrossFit model, but franchise instead of license. Like at some point, you will see a number of these gyms across the country. The next gym will be right here at the Jersey Shore. Probably need someone to run it, Frank. <laughs> Might be me. Uh, but and and I'm serious, and I don't I don't mind throwing that out there because I, I've done business things from scratch before. I know what it freaking takes, and I don't care if anyone's out there wanting to steal the idea. Y'all don't have the wherewithal to handle it. Like starting right. something from scratch and growing it to that level um is a pain in the ass every yeah. day so, yeah so i don't mind throwing out my plans feel free to steal it i dare you you know <laughs> yeah good luck i know it's it's so easy to just say hey let's do that and then go ahead and implement it mm-hmm. especially when money the most valuable resource is always uh a problem yep yep and i mean we're you know talking years down the road but First step has just been taken. I'm very big a uh, law of attraction guy with the caveat of you actually have to do the things that help it as well. But, uh, you know, I'm vision so, boarding this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you if, if this is on your vision board. Oh, 100%. Yeah. All right. So you do a vision board too. Um, I mean, I, I, have, I don't have like a board of pictures and stuff, but like I'm definitely like a uh, every day I wake up, I kind of do a little bit of meditation and then like picture what the life's going to be like that I'm trying to shoot for. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, it's to the level of it's, have you ever, ever done any like uh visualization exercises like that, where you try I, to picture like 
the next yeah. level kind of stuff. I've tried. I've tried. And, and it's hard. Yes, it is. It's hard because you think about other things and you don't know what to think about. You, you think, well, maybe this is more important than that. And um, that's what I, I guess that's why I asked you that question in the beginning. You, how do you make order out of chaos? You know, you're now yeah. that you're, a, um, you know, you have this gym, um, you're going to be making order out of chaos. And when people yep. walk in, they're going to see order. And meanwhile, to you, you see chaos. A hundred percent. And right? I've, I owned a couple of gymnastics gyms in the past that uh, I bought into when they were struggling. And then we kind of flipped them, essentially. Um, I've done that with properties before when I was working in property management. I was kind of like, hey, give me the... Uh, what's the property that should be doing really well, but just sucks so hard and we don't know why. I want that one. So I've, I have kind of a tendency of like the gym we're at now, like this is actually in a pretty good spot. It's This is probably as far as businesses I've been involved in. This is by far the best position I've been in coming in ever, um, which is why I feel even better about it because we're already like a year ahead of where I was typically at other places. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I kind of have a history of like getting that thing and kind of pushing it to where it needs to be. So, you know, I'm, I'm ready, man. <laughs> it's, it's been about 15 years of building that skill set. So yeah, time to, time to use it. Yeah. So did you say where the gym was located? I'm sorry if I had missed that. Uh, yeah, you're good. Uh, Lafayette, Indiana. So Purdue is in West Lafayette. So we're in, in that kind of area. So we got access to big D1 university as well on the west side uh we have a lot of uh purdue barbell kids that come over here and lift over here right now so yeah it's pretty cool all right so now are are those people uh willing on working with mason clubs or are they so you know focused on just doing those lifts right now so as far as those people um i don't really have any of them on custom programming um i do have a couple of them that run the app though uh the template programs uh, and they'll ask me questions and stuff when they're here and you know, we tweak things as needed, but um, I haven't really done that with people who aren't my in-person custom training clients. I have two or three of them that really enjoy the clubs and maces, though, and I'm sure down the road we'll probably start doing some little seminar things. I need to start reaching out to people in the mace community that do that. I'd love to have them out here to kind of run some of that. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. Even get some, like, flow people in just to yep. teach people just – how to get to different positions and apply. And I know last time I was on here, I talked smack on flow. Yeah. It's just, I get it. I get the appeal. I did martial arts. I get the katas. I get the forms. And it's very much kind of that feel for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm definitely open to like maybe learning a little bit of that on myself. Cause you have that certification too, right? You have some flow stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I've yeah. always talked smack about it just like you too, but it's just like, it's, it's a different goal. It's a different goal. And it's, it's not the kind of smack where you're being negative. It's just like, you're reconciling something inside you. Yeah. Like, well, how does this fit in? Like, what are we doing yep. here? And then you, you really do realize like you have to be more open-minded and yep. it's just, you're dealing with your closed mindedness. So some people are like that. Other yep. people, they're very open-minded. They don't even think of talking smack or anything like that. At the end of the day, um, if you're a hater of flow, you're you're probably watching it all the time on Instagram, right? <laughs> you're not a hater. You're a fan, baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look at that guy swing that 10-pound mace. What a wuss. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dancing around like a ballerina. <laughs> 
Well, and it's it's cool too because like as I have to put more my business owner hat on, not my personal trainer and what kind of person, what kind of athlete I want to work with hat. Um, I mean, that's a whole nother demographic. Like that, if someone loves flow or loves yoga, like that's their thing, the more meditative, contemplative, but still moving. And, and they are not going to like 10,000 swing workout. Like they're not going right. to love that. You know, right. they're swinging something heavy for a bunch of reps, stop, hit like a five rep max for a single, a double and a triple. Like that is not going to be their speed. Whereas like for someone like me, I'm like, oh yeah, sign me up. That's what I want. That's what I like, you know? Yeah, right. Um, and the more, the more streams of income you can bring into your little niche, like the better it's going to be. So yeah, I'd definitely be interested in, in looking at some of that stuff as well. Even though it's not my thing, I would like to play with it and understand it a little bit more. Yeah. Well, you know, if anybody's going to enter flow uh, from the, from the very beginning, they need to learn the basics anyway. And it's literally (laughs) very boxy when you learn it in the beginning, you're learning, you know, steps that you could apply. And, you know, I think a lot of people they'll watch it online and they'll see a lot of flipping and juggling going on. That's really not it. That's you're not going to do that right out of the gate. You know, if that's what you're into, then you're going to develop those skills kind of like on your own, I think. But you first have to learn the basic concepts uh, where it's like learning um, how to do a waltz, I guess. You're not going to – you know, when you watch professional people, uh, professional dancers doing a waltz, you don't know what they're doing. It's so amazing. But when you go to your first lesson, it's so boxy. Right. Right? So that's really – You got to get good at the little things before you can start doing the cool things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something, you know, uh, a coach like you can – you know, you could teach a person a front lunge and how to to move from a front lunge to a side lunge and and how to put tension into the mace. Yeah. Breathe, right? There's breathing involved. There's so much. It, level one, it, most people are never going to go beyond that. The people that go to the to the next level, like Stimmy's Flow has two levels. You know, Leo was just on, and yep. he was talking was about level. it. And, you know, they tap into, like, emotions and things like that. Which you know, I, I told him I said that kind of, I kind of get lost on that. I don't I don't know what we're doing with that. But for some people, that's a big hit, and that's great. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a, a piece for everybody in it. You know, you can take it you know hard style, or you can take it flow style, and it's definitely going to speak to different people. Yeah, right. And yeah. and you know what? At the end of the day, you're going to probably wind up doing a little bit of something. Or right, the guy going hard style, swinging, swinging heavy, he might wind up doing a little flowy thing, just yeah. even if it's by accident, <laughs> right? Well, and I mean, then you also got to look at how long are you going to be training with these? Is it going to be for two years or is it going to be for 20 years? Right. Um, I know when I first got into lifting, I'd done some kettlebell stuff when I was doing MMA, but then my first real barbell experience was CrossFit. Um, and I didn't cross it for a long time. I owned a CrossFit gym for a while. And um, and that's how I found strongman and powerlifting in that piece. And your interests change over time, man. Like I'm yeah. my back's still kind of beat up. Um, so I'm still like recovering. So I'm getting more into the bodybuilding kind of things just because it's higher reps. You get a nice pump, but you're not hurt. And I mean, who's to say you don't get in and go hard style for five years you get tired of swinging a 70 pound mace just want to flow for a minute you know yeah you know it lets you transition to other things yeah that's a good point i could picture myself like 
you know, old man, beard, you know, starting to like fall apart, you know, and still just like picking up like a, a 10 pound mace and just doing yeah. some light movement patterns that actually help you, you know, it keeps you out 100%. of the doctor's office, keeps you alive a little bit longer. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing. I mean, you got your whole life to, to do this. And like you said, you know, you, you, you got 15 years of building up to this moment that you have right now. Right. And is it, is it exactly as you envisioned or is it a little bit different? A little bit different for sure. Yeah. So we don't you even know. know where we're headed in life. Really. We think we know. Well, even within your niche, like, so when I started, when I switched from strongman to powerlifting for my main, my goal was like, you know, I'm going to deadlift 800 pounds before I retire. Like that was my thing. I didn't really give a thought about bench. I was like, you know, 400 would be cool. But then like come to find out kind of at what was my current peak of powerlifting, I still haven't pulled 700 in competition, but I've bench pressed over 500. I didn't see that coming from anywhere, you know? <laughs> so even within your specific little niche, you still don't know what, you know, 10 years down the road, what piece is going to work better for you and what's going to end up being the thorn in your side. For me, thought it was going to be my deadlift being awesome. My deadlift ended up being like, horrible compared to my bench so. <laughs> that's an amazing thing yeah so that's it, that's uh life's a journey kind of message yeah. just just as long as you're going in the sort of general direction that you have planned and just wherever Absolutely. the wind takes you kind of at the same time yeah definitely so what do you got going on what do you got coming up uh well i'm going uh, to the vintage strength games strip. Good. Okay. I couldn't remember if you were going to make it or not. Yeah, because my shoulder, I, I destroyed it in a snowboarding accident. So yep. it is getting better. I'll, I'll be going back to work soon. Um, I'm doing a lot more with it. I was surprised. Um, I personally believe steel club, steel base, uh, three, four years of training with it um, made my shoulder a little bit more bulletproof. And, and I yeah. endured a, a hard hit that probably would have uh, done a lot worse. I can't Definitely. prove that, um, but I, I'm saying based on um, – It makes total sense, and you hear that. Um, I've heard that in the strength world before where people will get in car wrecks, and they'll be like, it's amazing you didn't, like, break your neck. You should yeah. be dead, but it's because they have, like, traps and all those things. They built the body armor, and same thing with the, with the shoulder, right? Like, you got – a lot of extra musculature around there that people who don't swing a mace does. And you probably have better mobility. So if you fell and got in a weird position, it probably did. Like if I did it, it'd probably tear something in my shoulder. And for you, it maybe just pulled something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, how, how, like when it comes to swinging clubs and mace, we're strengthening the tendons and the ligaments. Mm -hmm. Right. So, mm -hmm. I mean, they're more resilient. So, I mean, what I had was a stretch and a tear. So would that so would that have been worse if I didn't have stronger ligaments? Dude, I'm sure it would have been worse. You know, you probably got like a, a tear and it would have been like that pull in a tear would have been like just two giant tears instead, you know? Yeah, right. And uh, and like you said, like it's already starting to like come back and feel better. And part of that, I'm sure, is because it had the background. So it, you know, knows how to get back to where it was. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean. I tweaked my rotator cuff benching. Was it like maybe four or five weeks ago? Like pretty bad. I was playing around with some shirted benching, like the geared, <laughs> geared lifting. Yeah. And I went like six oh five for a double, and I screwed up my groove, and I had the safety set to where it could like catch 
my face. Um, so it wouldn't hit me on the head, but I missed it low and my belly was up and I, I had to like shimmy my way under and it was shimmying out from under it that I pulled my, my stuff. Oh man. <laughs> which Are is, you serious? Which is the stupidest thing ever. So I'm like, yeah, I'm selling my bench shirt. Screw that. <laughs> <laughs> but, so uh, that's, but yeah, that... I've been swinging the club. I can swing heavy club and mace and feel no pain. And I'm back to the point where I'm, I'm moving heavy dumbbells. I bought a fat, uh, a set of fat bells from Rogue when I was at the Arnold. Yeah. So I've been messing with those and I was pressing the 88s for like 20 rep sets um, for like five sets yesterday without an issue. So, <laughs> so what's the deal with those, those fat bells? So it's like where the center of gravity winds yeah, up, so right? It's, yeah. It's like if you stick your hand in a kettlebell, that's what they look like. Does that mean um, you could do a heavier weight easier? So it does a couple things. So I have a full set. I've been, I've gotten super into like collecting vintage weights too. So I have almost a full set of York roundhead dumbbells. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm like, like one pounders all the way to nineties. I'm missing like a pair of 45s and a pair of fifties. And then like, it's full. Um, so I was bouncing back and forth on my workouts. Uh, yes. Yesterday when I was doing this, um, and I would do my 88 pound fat bells for one of the sets. And then I'd swap over to my 85 pound dumbbells and their claim to fame. So originally it was marketed, uh, Donnie Thompson was thinking this would be great for CrossFit or whatever. But if you look at all the marketing on the sites now, um, they're talking about some of the advantages of to kettlebell. Like, so if you're teaching a kettlebell snatch, it feels like a kettlebell, but you don't have to worry about like that technical piece. Yeah. Right. So for people that are super uncoordinated, you know, a little easier way to introduce them to the movements. Um, but then the the thing that I really like about them and that the marketing pushes is because the weight's kind of all even around your hand, um, there's less support tendon strain or like shearing forces on your tendons and your joints. And I was playing with them back to back and who knows, it could just be placebo, right? Uh, but for me, the 88 pound fat bells felt much happier on my elbows than and my shoulders than the uh, 85 pound dumbbells did. That's interesting. Um, yeah. So a dumbbell is going to have like, what is the handle weigh? A pound? And then you're going to have all yeah. that meat out here. Out there, yeah. And it's just, it's like, uh, it's at this pole and at this pole. But a fat bell, it's all around your entire 360 yep. of your hand. Yep. So that does, I could see where stability wise, all you got to do is maintain that straight wrist. One, any rotation movements. So like if you're doing rows where you're kind of like here to here, you know, or, yeah. or any kind of like Arnold pressing movement. Right. Just having the weight like that, it it's way, it's definitely easier. Um, and then the other things I've heard just like from people online is that they feel like they get a bigger pump with the fat bells versus the dumbbells. Now I can't verify that, but to me it would make sense because if normally your the tendons are having to make up for some extra shearing force and they're not now, that would put more of the tension in the muscle than the tendon too. So I could see it, but I, I don't know, man, they look yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, I I almost bought a pair. Now I'm thinking about them again. But I think that's funny that people are saying that they're getting a bigger pump because the first question is, how do you measure your pump? 
<laughs> just look in the mirror, bro. You don't have a measuring tape and measure before and after on your arm after every workout? Come on, man. Well, I do, but, you know, I don't really like to admit that. <laughs> That's the things we can't say around functional fitness people, you know. Uh, right, Because right. <laughs> it just doesn't matter to them. <laughs> That's so funny. So, yeah, the the, the fat bells um, and, and then you have all these old York – dumbbells which the gym i go to has some of those i love using those and i i have no i think i'm just because they're old and i'm like yeah, yeah. but they got real skinny handles uh-huh and, that's why and, some of the heavier ones are all bent <laughs> yeah people drop them and they break and sh they have a sign up that says if you drop one of these dumbbells and it breaks you're buying it and aren't you know, they aren't they kind of going for a hot price right now because they're vintage so ebay is super expensive ebay you're looking like three to five dollars a pound Wow. On marketplace, if you find someone where people don't know what they got, you can get about a buck a pound. Right. Um, but in the vintage community where we're being fair with pricing, like there's a Facebook group I'm in that's there, a buck fifty to two bucks a pound is pretty common. But that's for old bent up dumbbells, man, that you got to restore. And you know, right. um, so yeah, I've been collecting those, and I I had a whole set of like calibrated, like colored powerlifting steel plates and. I basically sold those and bought all old vintage deep dish stuff for them instead. And yeah, it's fun. It looks, it's cool. And I think, like you said, it's just fun to lift with them. Cause like they're old, like you can kind of like feel the history. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like how many, how many people have lifted these things, you know, and got jacked on these things. Yep. Like you're just part of that continuum. Now, if you need to rebend the handles, the trick on it is you get a two by four and you put it on the handle. And then you get a hundred pound plate and you just beat the sh crap out of it like 10 times. And then it straightens it out pretty good. Really? Um, I have a buddy here that has a fabrication shop though. And he's got like a, a shop press. So I just give them to him now and he just evens them out. All That's right. the way to go. If you have the means. <laughs> if, if, uh, if these prices stay up on this, on this vintage equipment, somebody's going to get the smart idea and start counterfeiting them. Right, like Dude. maybe somebody in China, right? Right, they're gonna make counterfeit your barbells and sell them, <laughs> or dumbbells and sell them for like three bucks a pound. Meanwhile, you gotta have just... like you gotta have like your carbon dating kit just to like verify. <laughs> right, right. Dude, it's uh so York has two ish dollars a pound right now is pretty common. But if you go older than that, like the fifties and sixties, they had the globes where it was like the balls. Yes, with the... yes. I find those on Marketplace every now and then. It'll be like 600 bucks for like a pair of 40s. Oh, man. Just because they're 20 years older. So like right. 20, 40, what a roundhead's going to go for. Right. You know, it's probably going to be the same boat. Um, but yeah, it's cool. I'm going to die and leave all that to my kids and be like, sell them, but do not sell for less than this. You yeah, know? right, right. <laughs> Boy, you're giving them, you can't give them comic books or something that's easier to move around. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You know, I, I want my kids to be strong. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. You want to sell the hundo, you got to move the hundo. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Make sure you protein up before you that's right. move these things. Take some pre-workout, take them to the auction house. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. So that's uh that's some good stuff. Uh, so you're definitely going into vintage strength games. And um, yep. do you know of anybody else that's going that's um talking about it or anything like that? I've been hitting up some random people. Um, I I talked. I messaged Don at Adex. He said he's not going this year. Yeah. Um, for Adex, sorry. Um, 
And then I know they're not a sponsor of the show, but I messaged the CK Maceworks guy to see if they were going to. I just I just think like it's the one event a year where it's like all Mace Club people. Right. If you owned a company in the Mace, like why wouldn't you go just for networking purposes, man? I think you're right. And I think what the problem is is uh, a little bit of ego and a little bit of like, why should I support the other team? Which is ego. You want, yeah, yeah. And, and I get that. They're totally direct competitors, 100%. Um, I'm, I'm in too deep with Addicts to really mess with the, <laughs> the CK myself. Um, but, man, yeah, I'll just message, I'll message him this. I have, I, have, I have a good idea for him because the thing that drives me nuts about those maces is standard plates. I don't have any standard plates. Most people who have home gyms don't have standard plates. If they've lifted at all, they have Olympic plates, the two-inch there's got to be a way to like make a two inch plate fit on there. Yeah, the standard plates are thinner, right? Uh, the hole in them is an inch. Yeah, and okay. then Olympic plates, the hole's two inches. Two inches, right? Um, and it's like I have just ungodly amounts of two inch hole weights. Yeah, so I was like, well, if I'm gonna have to buy everything from scratch, I might as well go with Adex that has like everything specifically like Lincoln Log built for it. You know, I yeah. got a club, I got a, an arc, and I got a mace, and I got an add on kit. You know, there's there's another problem uh, out there that I encountered. I don't know how how prevalent this is, but I have a mace that um, was made by Mike Rokol, uh, okay. Mike Ramjet, yeah. and he's working with with CK now. And nice. um, he's he sent me this heavy metal uh, mace that was adjustable, loadable with with plates, right? So what he did was he took a standard two-inch barbell and welded it on, you know, that 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 Sleeve, receiving yeah, end yeah. where the plates go. He welded that onto a handle. So I said, this is going to be perfect. I'll take this to the gym at the firehouse because we have, you know, we have a gym in there and I can just right. leave it and I can load it with whatever I want. Those weight plates at the firehouse do not fit on that two-inch bar. They're just slightly smaller. Gotcha. And then I'm looking at our bench there, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. That's a barbell. Why Why is it fit on there? So I think all of our equipment that we bought for the firehouse, maybe it's some Chinese company or something. I was going to say the metric to the uh, to the, the two inches versus 42 millimeter or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, yep. Right. Uh, and I think that's what happened. Plates with, or I, I ran into this with uh, – uh, Titan Fitness, don't get me started with them. Um, but Titan, they had this uh, landmine attachment that was like a squat thing. Right. But then you could use it for like a clean and jerk thing too, which is really cool. It's basically two products put into one. It's a great idea. And it says it fits Olympic plates, but I had all those calibrated steel plates. So the tolerances on them are a little tighter and they wouldn't go on Yeah, because, because of – the metric versus the English. Yeah, just your luck, right? Yep. Uh, so I ended up sending it back, but yeah, yes, because yeah. I mean this this uh, piece that I got from Mike, I have it here at my house, and I have you know a home gym, and I have standard weight plates. They fit on it, no problem. So that's I use it here, um, but it it kind of disappointed me. So that's I'm only pointing this out because it's one of the things you got to think about when you're going with that type of mace when you're going yep. with something that you're going to load weight plates on you know think about where you're going to where your weight plates are find out 
if they will marry up for sure. Right. Otherwise, you know, if it's going to be an issue, just you I have guess to buy new plates anyway. You might as well just do the standard version. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, have you heard? Have you seen um, Great Lakes Gira? Have you seen their equipment at all? I've seen it online. I don't so, know. I've never had my hands on it. Yeah, I have. Uh, during COVID, when I first kind of ran into like May stuff, um, I or like. I think it was in 2021. Uh, everything was out of stock, but he had a 20 pound Mason stock. So I bought it, but dude, he makes the, that's where my hundred pound clubs are from. Oh, okay. my 85 pound. So like he makes heavy things, but I saw they just put out like a club Mace combo loadable thing too. Yes. I his saw stuff's that. expensive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, and he's got like 360 pound kettlebells. Like he's got some crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Are you I'm like, buy how much is shipping? How much is shipping from Canada? I'm like, oh, geez, a mortgage payment. Got it. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I can't. But yeah, there's some cool companies out there. I doubt he's selling many of them, but dude, the the I want to be the strongest human alive piece of my brain wants to just own it. Right. <laughs> <You> yeah. <know? laughs> I can press it. I can press it. No, I can't. <laughs> that's and that's not a purchase you could hide from your wife. She's gonna see that Dude, one. Right. You got a better chance of hiding a motorcycle from your wife than a big three hundred pound uh kettlebell. Dude. So I, I have like a pretty killer home gym set up and it it's ever changing. But over the last like four years, I've probably spent about forty grand on gym equipment. Uh, but then through like buying and reselling and I have twenty grand of it is still mine that I have. Yeah. But I'm probably only out about a thousand bucks in the grand scheme of things as I'll find deals and stuff. So people every now and then are like, man, what's your wife think about all this crap? And like, well, first of all, I'm only out a thousand bucks. But secondly, her, her, um, her brother owns like a couple McDonald's. So like he's, he's, he makes great money. Um, he works his ass off for, it, but he makes great money. And she's so her, she's so skewed because he collects cars. So he's got like, multiple hundred thousand dollar cars in his garage and she's yeah. like man even even if he paid like top dollar for all this stuff it's not even one of those cars so like it doesn't stress her out at all okay yeah 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 <laughs> but yeah I, I married someone with a really skewed vision so that i don't get in trouble for stuff like that you know <laughs> that's the trick right there <laughs> that's some life advice for all you out there <laughs> and it's good to have uh somebody that owns a mcdonald's so you get all the free food you want dude right so funny story when me and her started dating, um, she she I I always I love the bacon egg and cheese bagels. I get them like without the bacon because you know Jew, um, but I love the sauce on there that yellow sauce like dill. I don't know what it is. I was like I don't know how to make this sauce. She's like, dude, I'll just get you a bag. I'm like a bag. So she comes like she comes over to my house one day and she's like like this. Like basically Ziploc gallon size bag of that sauce. The secret sauce. Yeah. So I bought like little like ketchup squeezer bottles or whatever and like filled that. Oh, so good. I, I had the best breakfasts forever until I needed to get another bag of that is what I need. Yeah, but you got endless supply. You're, you're <laughs> I know. I got I got the end now. It's perfect. You got it, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I wonder what that stuff is made of, though. Maybe you don't want to find out. It's like some mayonnaise, mustard, and dill mix is what they were saying. That's what they say. Yeah, I don't know. It's good. That's all I care about. <laughs> You're not dead yet, so keep eating. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. I guess we're going to hang this one up. But uh, yep. thanks for for joining me on this one. And, um, you know, we'll stay in touch. 
And everybody, yeah, you know, if you want to go to the Vintage Strength Games and meet Dan in person, uh, see him, you know, training and everything like that, follow him. Uh, Strongman Dan on Instagram. Do you have a website? Um, I do. It's not worth looking at yet. Just Instagram, strongman underscore Dan, and poke around on the link tree. I have links to, like, the various podcasts I've been on over the years as well. Um, and yeah. so I'll get updated with this one now, too. So <laughs> cool, man. make cool. it look like I'm more important than I am. Th- that's it. It's all <laughs> it's all showmanship, right? That's right. <laughs> right all on, right, brother. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you at the next one. Awesome.